Welcome to the second season of Circus Whispers. Thanks for listening. My name is Maike Verlange and I'll be your host. Circus Whispers is an idea of Tent House for Contemporary Circus in Amsterdam. In this podcast, I interview circus makers that participate in the residency program of Tent called Makers for a Week. Six makers or duos have been selected to work around a research question they've applied for with this program. There's a small showing after this week, but first and foremost, it's a space where circus makers can try out something new without the pressure of an end product. It's a podcast where you'll hear the makers talk about their research, their professional circus practice, but also a podcast where, in each episode, I ask Benjamin Kuitenbrouwer, aka Monkey, housemaker of Tent, to share his thoughts on what it means to create your own circus work. I think I find a lot of my inspiration from outside of outside of circus, and I've spent a lot of time, and I still do sometimes spend some time uh, feeling guilty about that. This week's episode: Arend de Jonge, self-taught aerial acrobat from Rotterdam, with a master's in fundamental mathematics and crypto and cybersecurity. In his research, he combines his personal programmed virtual reality with aerial acrobatics. Curious what that brings on stage and what he learned from this week. What I think the hardest in this process is is uh, the balance between the, the the technical side of things and the the physical side. So. I end up even while I'm in this super nice space, all kinds of possibilities of light, uh, playtime. Uh, I end up in my little corner behind my laptop, writing code, and and this is really tough because I I really want to jump into the air, climb into my rope, and and start acting and playing and and doing things. You'll be hearing an interview I had with him on day two in the Black Box Theater of CC Amstel in Amsterdam. You'll also hear the voices of Rosa Bone and Jayet Metin, two of the directors of Tent, about their ideas and advices for the maker of a week. Hope you enjoy this episode. Why did Tent create the Maker for a Week program? Rosa explains. I would say that we give circus makers the opportunity uh, to do research uh, and to do research without having the pressure of presentation or the pressure of producing, as we say so. And because we really believe that this research is the basis of new of a new uh, idiom, idiom or new language, uh, we really want to make space for this research and we can only do this by offering time, money and space. So the center of the Maker for a Week program is research. Arendt explains us. The research question of this week is... I was obsessed with this this concept of being in the virtual reality while also being in the physical reality, uh, which is where the name stems from, superposition. Um, this is actually a term from quantum mechanics, uh, which I encountered somewhere during my mathematics degree. 
and it basically means that a quantum particle can be in in two places at once and it only decides where of the two places it is once you try to observe it so me as an artist being in a virtual world while also being in, being in the physical world kind of is a superposition of myself um and I thought it was, this was a fun starting point. And then, of course, you need to develop it into something which is more than just a fun relation between a term from quantum mechanics and an idea. Mm -hmm. To start at the beginning, I asked Jait why Tent chose Arendt as maker for a week. And who is Arendt as a maker? We're sitting in the cafe of Theater CC Amstel. Uh, I think at Tent we support uh, any research that has a link with uh, circus and with um, well everyday life you could say and this is a great example for uh, of that he um, integrates technology and contemporary questions with circus which is well perfect for 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 tent I remember uh, the first time I met Arendt was when I was uh, teaching at uh, Stichting Stapel, an Amsterdam acrobatics course. Uh, and he came in at uh, uh, the basic level um, and immediately after the first class he sent me an email if we would uh, learn this and that and this and that and he would definitely want to learn this and he would also like to learn that and if we could offer all this in this very limited course uh, so I immediately knew that he was motivated like crazy um, I replied the email with like okay uh, this is a partner acrobatic class very basic very step by step and this is the system in which we teach um, so no no somersaults no uh, aerials no Chinese pole sorry but please stay at the class but from that moment on uh, I noticed how driven and how motivated Arendt was in everything he did and I gradually saw him develop himself into a well a real circus artist and when he applied for uh, maker for a week I thought immediately that we had to support him and, and give him the opportunity to develop even further. The freedom the makers get in this week is fantastic and mind-blowing, but also sometimes a bit frightening. Jayet has some advice for Arendt to tackle these challenges and also what he hopes Arendt will take home from this week. First of all, I hope that the, the, the act that comes out of it will be successful and that he will perform for uh, as much audience as possible. I would say focus uh, because um, the way he creates uh, it, it, well, it contains many aspects. Uh, there's a, a circus technique, there is uh, rigging, there's light, there's sound, there's VR, there's cameras, there's computers, there's so much, so many elements that makes it complicated. So um, that would be my advice. Try to keep clear uh, what your goal is and uh, yeah, gather the elements that you really need for reaching that goal. Each maker for a week gets a bespoke program. Tent collaborates with multiple partners in Amsterdam to provide the best fitting studio or research space for the maker. This week we're at CC Amstel a cultural venue which combines a public library with a nice cafe and a theatre. 
I met Arendt in the black box, where he worked for the week. I saw a big white beamer screen, a crash mat, his rope, lots of papers with notes on the black ballet floor, his straps hidden in the wings, and in the corner, just as important as his rope, a table with computers and lots of cables and VR goggles. So, who is Arendt? Let's get to know him a bit better. I asked him, how would you describe yourself as an animal? A nocturnal animal. And then I started looking around what kind of nocturnal animals are there. And one of the nocturnal animals that I've thought would, would, well, has a bit of a relationship to me is the mole. Because as you look around in this space, for example, you can already see a bunch of moles hills that I've created during the residency. So there's this mole hill consisting of all these small papers that form the timeline of my show. There in the corner, there's another mole hill, which is my technical setup. And uh, you haven't seen my dressing room, but there's also a mole hill consisting of clothing. <laughs> this is apparently something I do. I create my small little mole hills here and there. And uh, the fact that a, a mole is a night animal as well is uh, c completes the comparison. These moles hope made me think of an advice Benjamin Kuitenbrauer has for the maker for a week. It's something he would have liked to learn earlier in his career and that he likes to share with other makers. One of the things that I would have liked to have known how differently we all get inspired and how, different we, how differently we all fuel our our uh, our work profession our uh, i'd say or like uh, our our make pro making process i think i find a lot of my inspiration from outside of outside of circus and i've spent a lot of time and i still do sometimes spend some time uh feeling guilty about that or like feeling bad about not finding inspiration in in movement per se or in, but i've always felt that i should have should have gotten my inspiration i should get my primary inspiration and uh, motivation also from from moving and i don't actually I, I get it elsewhere i get it around i get it from a lot of stuff that i lay around in space something that we also like people mock sort of uh, joke mock me for but uh, my studios are full of stuff and uh, and i've often felt that that I should be able to create with less stuff, or I should be able to create purely as an acrobat, and uh, and I think I'm I'm starting to be okay with not not taking that path as a maker. And I I would have actually liked to know that a bit earlier. This advice is something that Arendt has seemed to have incorporated by himself in his pursuit of his career, because he did not follow a regular path to become a circus artist. Quite the contrary. I, I I started with a lot of different things. Uh, I I did uh, mountain climbing. I did hockey. I did sailing. A lot of different uh, disciplines that I all thought were super fun, uh, but it didn't really stick with me. So I was just searching and looking around. And at some point, I uh, found partner acrobatics as a uh, yeah, just an amateur course. And this stuck for a little longer, maybe a few years, uh, until a friend in the circus world introduced me to aerial rope, or actually aerial silks. And that's when it all started to click together, because by the time I was already uh, studying math, and I was kind of interested in how rope as a, a mathematical object would be studied, and uh, also 
climbing came back, which was one of the big ones from uh, from before. Um, so all these things started to click together, and then it also allowed for the performance side of the uh, the discipline to come into play, which uh, I used to do as a classical musician. I, I I still play classical piano, and I was performing as an opera singer. Um, so all these things started to click together when this this person showed me the the ropes basically uh so that really was the moment where, where i was like we're gonna do this and now we're here let's hear more about his concept and research to combine the virtual world with the physical world through circus this this show that i'm making is is taking a bit of a, a fun uh, mathematical way to look at the rope uh, I'm trying, gonna try to explain you what I uh, see as a mathematician when I'm when I'm doing this. I don't think I'll succeed in telling the story, but uh, this is like the ground uh, layer of the uh, the story of the show. So the idea that I had was to create a virtual world which would help me explain my mathematical uh, idea um, of of how the rope works. So. It's it's really it's changing a bit here and there. Uh, um, trying to use sound, for example, in the virtual world to uh, to help communicate what I'm actually doing. So that if, for example, I bend a leg, you you hear uh, a pitch uh, get higher. Or uh, there's also a part where I'm on the floor to to explain this concept because I know it's a lot to to mm -hmm. to comprehend. So there's going to be a scene where I'm doing handstands and the virtual, well, n not necessarily the virtual world, but uh, there's an algorithm I wrote which is identifying which type of handstand I'm doing. So all these kind of uh, little snippets of technology have to be explained and shown in, in the performance. And eventually this, this helps to uh, explain this, this silly mathematical uh, way of looking at the, an aerial rope I have mm -hmm. uh, written down for myself. But what do we see? It is me as the circus artist that's wearing the headset and the audience will be able to see into my virtual space uh, through uh, a digital, well, a virtual camera, basically. It's circus, uh, virtual reality and mathematics, basically. Um, I was kind of obsessed with uh, virtual reality as a, a circus discipline, which started when I realized that if you put a virtual reality headset on, you can't see a damn thing in the real world anymore. And this is super interesting because working blindfolded in a rope is uh, a, a whole new discipline. At first, I found it a bit hard to follow. As a frequent visitor of performances, I've experienced some performances where, as an audience member, I wore VR glasses to create a whole new experience. I could fly as a trapeze artist, or I would be high up in the theatre, or see performers that weren't really there. But an artist with VR goggles and me as an audience looking at his virtual world that he shapes through his movement was quite a lot to process. But on the other hand, it's not as crazy as it might seem at first, because look how technology is interwoven in every part of our lives and how we move through it as ourselves or the online version of ourselves. 
I think we're we're so obsessed with creating new technologies to solve problems which are super minor and we end up in all these situations where it's it's just uh working against us you can think of uh the smart lock on your bicycle which doesn't work because your phone battery is dead or the the smart lights in your home which now means that every visitor you have needs to download an application to do the lights in your house even if they want to just go to the toilet you know we we're so obsessed with creating more technology um and i took this obsession to to create a show which is packed with these kind of uh, uh, technologies which don't really solve anything except for uh, the, the thing I hope to, to explain. And this other look on virtual reality is important for our future as well. That's why Arendt has specific ideas on the audience he likes to attract. I think it would be really nice to to have a bunch of young people in the in the space to um, to to show them what virtual reality is all about because I think they will be the ones to have to um, find how they want to uh, behave and relate to to virtual reality applications and then also there there's going to be a bunch of people who will have to. Um, make the policies for for uh, uh, when or where uh, virtual reality is okay to be used and where it shouldn't be. Um, all these people need to start having their own internal dialogue and I think that's the kind of people that I want to attract. The, the people that have to, well basically everybody, I mean everybody will need to <laughs> find a way around virtual reality I think because it's really starting to pick up, you're starting to see it everywhere. And from the more theoretical to the more practical, what does a day of a maker of a week look like? How does Arendt start his day? It's so automatic that I don't really realize it, but I prepared a bunch of meals for the week as I'm, I'm in the theater from 11 to 10, basically. I take my, my uh, lunch to the, the fridge in the dressing room. That's the first thing for sure. Then I come to the, uh, the theater space itself. I turn on my laptop. I uh, take a moment to, to walk around and feel the space. Day plan. <laughs> the day plan has to be made and the best time of day to do it is just when you, you enter the space and you, you're ready to go. I, I take a little moment to think, okay, uh, what do I want to achieve today? Uh, which technical means do I have to implement? Which uh, themes I'm, am I gonna work with or um, which uh, parts of the show am I going to work on? Is it going to be the storyline today or is it going to be lighting or is it going to be a very technical thing that I need to try out uh, using the space? So, so this is a bit of the irony of, of the, the type of show that I'm making. Uh, I, I'm starting to realize it more and more, but uh, there is a, a, a stupid amount of technical work to be done and it is a bit at the cost of the, the physical work. So. I, I often I'm, I'm programming something new for, for an hour or two and then I have to test what I just programmed and this takes maybe 15 minutes or, or maybe half an hour if I'm lucky and then I go back to the computer again. So the balance is indeed a lot towards the brainy side of things. This is indeed atypical for most circus makers that Arendt develops and programs his computer scripts for the VR set himself. And experimenting in a new discipline evokes unforeseen challenges. For example, how to move with VR goggles and trackers in a rope. <laughs> <laughs> 
One of the first experiments I did with um, circus and virtual reality um, resulted in the conclusion that the, the normal uh, hand controllers are not adequate to, to track your full body, of course. Uh, I thought, hmm, maybe I can be smart and put the controllers in my socks and then they can track my feet so I have at least a little bit more information. But it turns out that's just too far from the headset already. Oh. So what I did is I um, went on to solder myself uh, a piece of motion capture suit. And this this is the prototype. So a motion capture suit is uh, consists of a bunch of sensors on your body which your uh, a position in space relative to where the earth is basically and uh, yeah long story short this this translates into a, an avatar which you can move in virtual reality and um, yeah I attach it to my body with a bunch of elastic bands at the moment and this is not the most practical solution but it was the quickest to set up and uh, maybe we'll improve it later on Maybe we won't. I kind of like this uh, this experimental look of raw, open electronics. Being a maker for a week means having dreams and aspirations of what the week might bring you. What's Arendt looking forward to most? At the moment, everything is still super rough. This I've repeated this uh, a bunch of times, so there's uh, uh, hardly any styling in virtual reality. There's still a bunch of bugs r running around here and there. Uh, all kinds of little details that I'm like, eh, please, can we fix this? And I'm I'm really looking forward to to ironing those out and and making it into a smooth experience that really has a natural flow. Um, this is something I really look forward to. But yeah, if you do that now, I mean, you don't start vacuuming in, vacuuming in the middle of a. a uh, renovation you, you really need to wait until the renovation is over before you start vacuuming otherwise you're just spending a lot of time for nothing what is the hardest thing you're experiencing during this maker for a week what I think the hardest uh, in this process is is the the balance between the the, the technical side of things and the the physical side so I end up even while I'm in this super nice space uh, uh, with all kinds of possibilities of light and uh, 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 playtime, uh, I end up in my little corner behind my laptop writing code. Um, and, and this is really tough because I, I really want to jump into the air and, and climb into my rope and, and start acting and playing and, and doing things. But it really, it, it, the, the programming part is fully necessary and uh, the, um, accepting this, this part of the job at this moment is very hard. <laughs> and what's the thing Arendt likes most about the process? When a theoretical thing you uh, decided to make works out, it's it's super fun to to see uh, when when for example this this handstand uh, recognizing thing comes comes to life. I'll jump a, a hole in the air and uh, be super happy. Uh, I've had this before when I first saw my motion capture suit move in virtual reality. I was almost tearing up because it's just yeah, it, it's crazy to see what happens and uh, the possibilities to uh, are are so much fun to to look at. I I really like uh, this part. 
What does Arendt hopes to take home from this week? Oh my God, I, I think I've already had so much new experiences. Um, this is really a, a tough one. What do I want to take home? I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what the uh, test audience on Friday is going to uh, give me as feedback. I'm, I think that's what I want to take home because I'm working on my own a lot. And, and this is one of the precious opportunities where I can get feedback from a bunch of people uh, who are also very capable at looking at new shows and concepts. I'm, this is what I'm really looking forward to. Benjamin couldn't come to the presentation, but he is looking forward to seeing more of Arendt's work. This is why. Exciting to me about Arendt is that he's, he, he has this very sort of digital programmer, um, other other background that he combines with his with his circus world and then on top of that he has another background of a more varieté like uh, circus artist as well that he combines into something that so sort of ends up somewhere in between where tent is so yeah to me those are exciting observations and and I, i'm very i'm looking forward to seeing more of his work research and experiments can get messy and you'll never know beforehand what the result will be but Arendt puts it in such a catching and visual way. You don't start vacuuming in, vacuuming in the middle of a, a, a renovation. You, you really need to wait until the renovation is over before you start vacuuming. Otherwise, you're just spending a lot of time for nothing. I'm sure Arendt did not spend his time for nothing. It's been a riveting week with new circus paths discovered and new interdisciplinary connections made. I'm curious to see what will happen after this week with this research. And I'm also curious which other research projects I'll encounter. In two weeks, you'll hear the next Maker for a Week, Jam Shenanigans. This was the second episode of the second season of Circus Whispers. Please subscribe to be the first to hear the next episodes. Thanks very much for listening. Circus Whispers is a production of Tent House for Contemporary Circus, hosted, produced and edited by me, Maaike van Lange. Big word of thanks to Arend de Jonge, Benjamin Kuitenbrouwer, Rosa Boon, Jayet Metin and the team of Tent. The makers of a week in 2022 are Arend de Jonge, Jorga Lok, Havi Krop, Jam Shenanigans, Maria Madeira and Petra and Felix. Tent is supported by the Amsterdam Fonds for the Kunsten, Dutch Performing Arts Funds and Prins Bernhard Culture Fonds. More info via tent.eu. Circus Whisper.